In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, I'm pretty certain that most of you have heard the news reports lately about stories of allegations of misconduct from athletes and others and the way these men have treated the women with whom they've been involved. Unfortunately, this happens far too often, and as you can imagine, not all of these incidents are reported. Well, joining us today is a gentleman who is leading a movement designed to help men gain a proper perspective of women and how to treat women, and also help women heal from the hurt that has been caused. So let's talk about it. And of course, to get us started and introduce our guest for the day, I want to welcome my good friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bales. How you doing, buddy? I am doing fairly well today. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, it's uh, you know good to be seen, I guess. In it that is way. indeed. It is indeed, yes. You know, the title of our show is called Good News for the City. Uh, and the gospel is just that. It is good news for this Washington, D.C. metro area. Amen. And, and in Amen. everywhere, by the way. Amen. But it's just not good news for a city. It's good news for individuals who are in that city. Amen. And there are lots of people uh, right now in this world uh, who are dealing with hurts and pains that have been inflicted upon them in ways and, and, and processes that God never designed. Absolutely. Yet in the midst of that... Um, God is still there, and the truth about who Jesus is can make an unbelievable difference and change lives. And uh, as we dive into a subject today, uh, it's my hope and my prayer that uh, as uh, we talk to Daryl Dudley here um, in just a moment, that there will be men that will hear and allow the gospel to change them. Amen. And then through as they are changed, uh, they will change their behavior to the women around them, and that they will be an example to how the gospel has changed them, and the gospel can change the women in Indeed. their life that they have a chance to interact with. Indeed. Uh, so we're going to talk about um, this uh, idea about how we as men, and we're all men sitting in the studio today, uh, should treat uh, the women that God brings uh, into our orbit. And so Amen. to do that, we have Daryl Dudley in the studio with us, Chief Visionary Officer of She's My Daughter. Uh, it is a mobilizing movement of men designed to treat every woman with the same dignity and respect uh, that every man should want for his own daughter. And, Amen. Uh, so Amen. thanks for being in here, Daryl. Thanks for wanting to talk to us. I say this from time to time, but uh, Dennis and I have a face for radio. You, you, I wish people could see that really nice beard that he has. I I've got a little that, bit of beard man. in me. I love that. i got a little bit. Of, maybe we'll snapshoot uh, we, that. We and, need uh, to. Yeah, snap yeah, yeah. That showed we my age to. a little bit right there, right? Not Snapchat or <laughs> – Snapshoot. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to not edit that. that out and just <laughs> dive into some really more important things. So, Daryl, thanks uh, for being with us today. Thanks for having me. So, um, Daryl, this is uh, obviously a very significant subject. We see it in the media. We see it in the news. Um, but it doesn't mean just because we see something in the media and the news that 
personally, we can develop a passion for doing something about it. For you, though, that's not the case. Uh, so where did this passion for this mission, for this movement, She's My Daughter, come from? It came from 30 years of being in the music education department. Uh, I have a music school called Dudley's B Sharp Music Academy. Oh, wow. mm. It's written in Washington, D.C. We've been joyfully teaching music for over 30 years now. Wow. Great. One of the things that we did, my wife and I, when we were in the work, we didn't want to just have a for-profit business that didn't do good in the community. Yeah. Sure. So we decided to put on a seminar for churches. It was called, If You Didn't Know, Now You Know, specifically for parents so they could know the dangers that are in the media. Mm. And one thing we would do, we would have actual television shows that we would show, mm-hmm. portions of that, so they could see the sexual content that was pervasive in media. Yeah, And as I was doing my research specifically about the music that's out there, I saw how violence against women was initiated. Mm-hmm. It really came from music and things that we see, things that we hear. And so a man for me doesn't just wake up at 25 and get violence against a woman. He mm-hmm. doesn't get violent then. What happens is he's learning some things, seeing some things, hearing some things at two years old. Mm-hmm. Yes. That affects his perspective of women when he gets older. So after seeing all that and hearing that, the Lord put it in my heart to create this organization called She's My Daughter mm-hmm. to really help men stand up on the right side mm-hmm. of violence against women. Wow. And so what That's I hear you cool. saying is, is that from a very early age, it, it's really possible if – we're not as parents involved in the way that we should, or even sometimes we're involved in, in really good ways and things slip through the cracks, that certain types of behaviors that certainly the God never wants, not designed, can become normalized in a way that makes one at a later time of life begin to think uh, that is okay. Just because it's normal doesn't necessarily mean it's okay. And, and so um, where does this idea then that you present to people – of treating every woman with the same dignity and respect as you would your daughter, how does that begin in your experience as you're teaching, as you're watching, begin to change the perspective of the person who begins to process how he treats someone else, specifically a woman, through that lens? You know, it's very interesting. The relationship that a father has with a daughter mm-hmm. is one that doesn't have to be worked at at all. No, my daughter from the get-go. <laughs> get-go had me around her finger. Right? Oh, yeah. My, my daughter, my, my wife will look at me and go, you see what's happening here, right? You, you see that she's working you. I'm like, yeah, I know, and I like it. I'm going to work on that, right? Yeah, quiet as it's kept, my daughter can get almost anything out of me that she wants. Of course. Now, she's not listening to this on the radio. Well, uh, unfortunately, she wants to listen to anything that her do- father has to say. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> but that's the relationship that doesn't have to be worked at. Yeah. I have a son and we have a great relationship uh, as well. Uh, I'm married, just been married uh, for 30 years, yeah. celebrated that a couple weeks ago. Congratulations. But marriages, thank you, even have to be worked at. Absolutely. But the father daughter does not have to be worked at at all. And so what I wanted for fathers, father figures and future fathers to see what that relationship was like of a good father and daughter relationship and say, if I have that with my daughter, there are so many other girls out there who don't have that same relationship, Mm. but God would want us to be a protective force for them. Absolutely. And so that's where the passion comes from. And when I go out and speak to men's groups, I want them to feel that that same passion they have for their daughter to make that felt for other daughters who might not have a good father. That's good. 
yeah, a daughter relationship. Good. And it seems more normalized in culture. We never want to demean uh, the capacity of, of women or men of being able to do certain things. But as we look at Scripture, God's design uh, was for raising children, that sort of to have a, a, a male role model and a female role model Absolutely. in that way. And there are way too many people uh, that have found themselves in unfortunate situations where they have to be the singular role model as the yeah. mom or the singular yeah. role model as the dad. So we don't want to diminish that work whatsoever. And certainly if someone's listening today, and and they're a single mom. God bless you. I think that is probably one of the most difficult, challenging uh, jobs in, in all the world. I mean, I, I spend just a weekend being a, a single parent. If if I have my wife out somewhere else, and I, I'm ready to go crazy, I don't don't even know how women who do this in day in and day out, or many do this day in and day out, uh, just just get through with the joy that many of them do. So when I say that, I also want to say this though. We can't live as if the role model of a man and the role of a man isn't important specifically in the lives of women. Talk about why it is important. It's really, really important. You know, children get a lot of their self-dignity, their emotional growth, and a lot of it comes from a man. Even Mm -hmm. science says that. And so we've got to make sure that even though there are single parents out there and we do respect them highly. That's a yeah, challenging sure. job. Yeah, I can remember when my wife would go away for a weekend or something. I'm pulling my hair out when I did have hair. <laughs> I know, and I kind of feel like a hypocrite, even comparison, <laughs> doing it for three days compared to doing it for 365 days, 24 hours a day, right? Yeah, yeah I couldn't yeah. imagine at all. You know, society is even devaluing manhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we still have to stand up and say it's important. Science yes. says it's important. Yes. And so we have to say that we have to stand up. Right now, the statistics say that over 11 million million young girls don't have a father that will tuck them in at night. They don't have a father to give them that encouragement to do better at whatever they're doing. Yeah. And that's a sad scenario right there. Over 50% of the households in the United States of America don't have an active and present father. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to castigate them. We don't want to condemn anyway, but we want to create a better future for them. Amen. So they're active and present in their daughter's lives. It's extraordinarily important and we can't diminish that at all. Very important. And so in many cases where um, there is an absence of a a good father figure or the presence of an unhealthy father figure, we have scenarios where there's emotional and physical hurt, some sort of emotional or physical or other types of abuse or just, you know, in in many cases, the father is maybe physically present or not emotionally there or not even physically present or emotionally present. They've abandoned it. That can lead to, to lots of emotional scars that women are left to deal with. Talk to us a little bit about how that plays into life. Absolutely. So their self-esteem is very often diminished. Um, very often that leads to promiscuity when they mm-hmm. get in their teenage mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And that can all be attributed back to an absentee father. And that's why it's so important for them to be present and active in the household. We even encourage fathers who have gotten away from that active presence mm-hmm. in their daughter's lives to take steps to get back active in their lives. Yeah. Not only those who are here on the outside of the walls, but also people who are in prison Mm -hmm. because daughters, it doesn't make a difference what happens to the separation. They still have an attachment. They still want to hear from their dads. And so we want to make that happen. Not all things can be repaired. We know that, but things can be actually be made better. Mm. And that's our plan. Yeah. I have to be honest. I'm sitting here listening right now. I want to go hug my daughter. I really (laughs) just want to stop this interview and go hug my daughter. So Madeline, baby, I love you. Um, You know, 
we talk about culture. We talk about the things that that kids are exposed to uh, at an even greater level than uh, we were uh, when we were teenagers or even younger. The social media onslaught, the, the constant mm-hmm. uh, video content available in the very palm of their hand. They don't have to wait till something comes on a television. Yes. They can draw it up mm-hmm. on demand. And those are just two examples of many ways that they're exposed uh, to examples. And by examples, I mean the people that we see on social media, the things that we see happening through the media that we consume show us athletes, show us people who uh, who their their whole life is built around being on a screen, uh, whether they live in New York City or whether they live in Hollywood or whether they live in Tampa, Florida. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But too often in the midst of those examples that we see being portrayed by media, talk about how big of a problem it is that when those examples are shown too often – uh, they show examples of men who are not appreciating the role and are misusing or uh, women specifically or using their role as fathers or as men wrongly. Absolutely. When I was growing up back a few years ago. Yeah, not, um, not as long as Dennis. We always have to bring hey, him. Hey, hey, hey. He's the elder statesman. <laughs> I won't comment on that. But I, I know I it's hard to believe I'm going to be 50, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to believe. Amazing. <laughs> You know, I, I wanted to be like Michael Jordan. I mm-hmm. wanted to be like Patrick Ewing. I wanted mm-hmm. to be like those stars right there because sure. they were the big people uh, in our worlds. And kids today, they want to be like LeBron James. They want to be like Steph Curry. They want to be like those people who they see. They emulate them. They buy their tennis shoes. They buy their jerseys. They, they, they find out everything about them. Mm-hmm. And so they want to be like them. And so when one of those stars comes and he has some issue or some run-in, with a precious female, mm-hmm. then that becomes normalized in their mind. And they think yes, yes. that's absolutely okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's absolutely okay. And not all of the professional sports organizations have done a good job with how they've dealt with those situations. Yeah, and that's a one example of uh, people that come in and out. They're set up. Whether the old statement years and years ago, Charles Barkley said, if I remember correctly, during the George, during the uh, Patrick Ewing Georgetown years, and then post the New York Knicks and uh, the Bulls, he said, "I'm not a role model." Right. Uh, I remember. I, I remember yeah. that. But I remember. The, he's true. He was being accurate in that statement. But unfortunately, in the world that we live in, when you're exposed to something enough over and over again, there are implications that come uh, to us as adults, and certainly as to, to young women and to young men. And and it's not just uh, in the area of sports or what you see on tv you mentioned earlier on you're you started in the music business you're still in the music business so to speak and you talk about the lyrics and the, some of the things that happened there's a whole lot of um sort of twisted perspective on women that are portrayed now why do you think that's so well i think for so long that people have gotten away with it that's true and if i see that you got away with it and also that you made millions mm. off of it. Oh, I love that. It's not that you're just getting away with it. You're profiting. You're from profiting. Something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The, the mm. music industry is billion dollar industry. And so much of it is derogatory towards women. Yes. And for me, it's like I can't be the one scratching my head. Say, how did we get here with so many rapes and sexual assaults and, and this and this and that? When I see the misogyny that's happening in the music every single day, mm-hmm. if you look on TV, there are 11,000 images of sexuality that children see every single year. Wow. Kids are in front of some type of social media or media TV phones over eight hours a day, mm-hmm. and they only speak to their parents maybe for a good 
few minutes. Mm-hmm. So who's the big influence right there? Yeah, that survey that you're talking about, if it's the same one that I read, what I, I, I was trying to scratch my head how they're, how they're doing eight hours a day. I'm like, I was doing the math, and I became to discover that it's because they're multitasking their media. They're watching TV while also on their phone, while also doing that. They're, they're consuming it in so many different ways yes. at the same yeah. time that the total yeah. amount – it's amazing in that way. And so we do have uh, an issue. We do have – not just an issue. That understates it. We have a problem. Uh, yes. And it's, it's a sin yes. problem yes. that only Jesus can then truly heal. And part of your mission um, in the midst of this broken world that we have is to help women heal from the sin that's been done against them, the hurt, the abandonment. Share with us, uh, while you know, I'm sure every case is different and uh, not everyone is the same, but share with us a little bit and talk a bit about how the path towards healing begins and begins to tuck place. First of all, it begins with an apology. Mm-hmm. Uh, very often when I go to speak to mixed groups, I'll offer an apology on behalf of good men everywhere to women who have been hurt or abandoned or abused by men. It uh, sounded so simple. Can I just stop for a second? It sounded so simple when you just said that, but it's so profound. Yeah. It starts with an apology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. I've done this several times, and there's it's a brief apology, but there are tears in the audience because sure. no one's apologized. And you can't have a conversation. You can't start a healing process without an apology. Mm-hmm. I've been married for 30 years, and if I transgress against my wife in some way, she's not hearing me at all until yes. I admit to whatever my error was. Yeah. So it starts with an apology. Number two, it starts with just, just listening. Just listening. Uh, people want to know that you have an ear that's turned to them. I think about Jesus and the woman that was brought to him who had committed adultery. Uh, it said she committed it. There was no doubt there. there was no innuendo. She had done it. But she probably thought that Jesus was going to condemn her immediately on the spot. Sure. Mm-hmm. Just like the rest of them were. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine the love that she felt because Jesus listened to her proverbially, protected her from the onslaught of her accusers. He dealt with her issue, her sin, but it was the very end of the conversation. So he got to know her. I can imagine she felt loved. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's about the apology, number one. It's about listening number two and then we can open up a place for healing yeah i love that section of scripture that you just referenced and how jesus dealt with a woman caught in adultery because in that moment jesus showed what true masculinity was and he was breaking down the double standard because last time i checked when you're caught in adultery it takes two to tango Indeed. I think I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. was the man? No one was dra- no one was dragging the man in front of Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She she by very nature was suffering twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In that way, but Absolutely. Jesus stepped forward uh, because he is the gospel in flesh, the good news. Amen. Uh, and, Amen. and did that. I, um, that's a sermon for a different time. So we'll we'll talk about that later. Now the she's my daughter movement. Um, when that happens, it it's a call on men to do something. Uh, the proper way to take the lead. Notice said the proper way in bringing healing and protecting women. 
for someone who maybe has not really been paying a lot of attention, because I think you've answered this question in, in different ways, we want to hit this straight on the why is it absolutely so important for men to take the lead role in this? It's so important for men to take the lead role, number one, because God created us, I believe, as the leaders of the household. Mm-hmm. And we do have leadership also in society as well, not that women don't, and not that there's some women who don't have leadership over their particular household. Sure. But God did create us to be leaders, number one. That's why I believe we have to take the front role. Mm-hmm. But also, the violence against women is created 95% of the time by other men. It's mm-hmm. by men. Yeah. So we've got to be the one stand up. Women have stood up for other women for centuries. Yeah. But now we've got to be the ones to stand up. And I believe if we stand up, especially godly men, mm-hmm. they will see that and healing can take place because we stood up. There's something so powerful when the opposition comes to your house and takes up whatever your plight is. The mm-hmm. same with that woman who was in adultery. Jesus could have been quote unquote the opposition on the side of Pharisees and Sadducees but he stood on her side yeah change happened mm-hmm. yeah and it's not just change that happens uh, directly between the male and the female it also has an opportunity to model some behaviors because you make an important point uh, that for young boys it is imperative for them to see adult men counteracting uh, in real life, some of the things they may see on media or maybe some bad things they see in real life as well. But they see adult men respecting and honoring women. Talk about how in the last few minutes, though, how that can even help a generation behind learn to correct behaviors. In a household, in a community, more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Absolutely. what we see, we end up emulating. Yeah. And it's so important. Someone was asking me about my father uh, recently. Uh, he and my mom have seven children. Uh, they believed in being fruitful and multiplying. There you go. Uh, but I began to think about him. He's 78 years old, very vibrant, still the uh, chairman of the deacon board at his church, been there for 40 years. <laughs> what was powerful is I thought there were no scandals no innuendo that he did anything inappropriately as it pertains to against my mom. Mm-hmm. So I watched that. And as I've been through 30 years of marriage, I've modeled that. Yeah. And now I see my son, he's in uh, five years of marriage now, modeling that same behavior. Amen. And so it's important Amen. for us to stand up. Not only stand up, it's important for us to speak up. Mm-hmm. And so that others will see us speak up and we can make a seismic shift and how women are treated. It doesn't take a lot of us. Every big movement that's ever happened has been a small number of people. And so if we, the men of God, can corral ourselves together, we can create a difference in how women are treated all over the globe. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That'll, that'll preach. Right? Amen. That, that's, Amen. That's a statement that us preachers will say that'll preach. In that, in the impact that it makes, it's not just again this idea in this generation, but generations to come. Thanks for sharing that story about your father uh, in that it's way, very because it, it exemplifies very the very reality of what we're talking about. Uh, that even at seventy-eight years old, the behavior and the way that he modeled himself towards your mom is bearing fruit in his grandchildren, right? yes, and maybe yes. in his grandchildren's children, and it's so on and so on. Um, so as we wrap up today, Dennis, I, I just think that I'm encouraged 
Again, I'm always encouraged when I have people here uh, just talking to us about how God is inspiring them to go out and to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be good news on behalf of Jesus, but especially when it comes to this particular thing we've been talking about today. So just, Daryl, thank you for coming in, for encouraging me personally. As I said, I've wanted to quit this interview at least four times now and go hug my daughter, yeah. uh, and, and yeah. I'm not easily emotionally moved. And just, just thank you for that. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, I I was thinking the same thing. It's very interesting. My daughters are all adults. I have identical twins and then a daughter who lives in Charlotte. So, you know, I want to call them up and say, hey, guess what? You know, and just powerful, dude. Thank you. Thank you, Daryl. God bless you, man. Thank you for coming in today. I, I'm just hopeful and prayerful. Of course, God is sovereign. I can't make anybody listen. But, man, I'm hoping – there are a lot of folk listening, especially guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you, my brother. God Thanks bless you. Me. Hey, if you want to hear more about this, get more information, go to she's my daughter.com. That's she's, she's my daughter.com. Or if you want to hear it again, hey, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. One more way. You can go to wava.com, put in the keyword good news and look on our podcast page and you can hear this all again. Or if you really need more information and you want to hear from a, a live person, you can give me a call here at WAVA 703-807-2266. Hey guys, thank you. All of you. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.